Hello everybody, welcome to The Coaching Conversation. I'm Graham Wiley and I've been coaching business leaders for the last two decades. In this series, we're going to explore some of the things I've seen and learned in that two decades and hopefully help you see how you can become more focused, more effective and hopefully happier in your life. So, it's now time to sit back, relax and enjoy The Coaching Conversation. Hello everybody and welcome to this edition of The Coaching Conversation. And I'm really pleased to be joined today by three fantastic and very experienced coaches who are going to tell you a little bit about themselves and their practice, starting with Roz. Thanks, Graham. Hi, I'm Roz MacDonald from Sage Green Consulting. Um, we work with organisations in all different sectors, so from SMEs through the third sector, PLCs, and we work with business leaders in those organisations to um, help them address the issues that they have. So it be those personal issues or bigger um, problems within the organisation itself. We um, carry out non-directive coaching. So we help them find their goals. We help them get clarity around that, find solutions. But overall, it's very much about achieving things, about getting things done and making a change. Tina. Thank you, Roz. Um, hi, my name's Tina Orlando. I coach under the brand of Tina Orlando Coaching. Um, been coaching for five years, did my training and certification in the US. I used to live in New York for eight years. Um, prior to that, I was uh, in global organizations for 15 years. And then I co-founded a strategic business communications agency in New York, which still runs today. Um, I coach executives, leaders, CEOs and founders and essentially trying to help them be the best that they can be, whatever situational circumstances that's in. And I'm Matt, Matt Hayes. I work for a co-founder of Humble Associates. I've been a coach for a long time now, but I'm also an enterprise agile coach and I work with execs as well. So, Graham. Thanks, guys. Thank you. So, as coaches, we often meet leaders and business executives who believe they need to develop their ability to create influence and even in many ways to stand out. So the first question would be, what, what is influence and, and how do you build it? Um, Tina? So, so to me, um, influence is about shaping something or having an impact on something. Um, so you're essentially changing something or, or moving direction and it could be influence on a person, um, on a product, on a company, on a situation, on an action. Um, so, so I think influence is, is very broad. I think from a coaching perspective, it's particularly interesting to talk about the soft and the hard aspects of influencing, because if you're in a, a role with a leadership um, you know, capability, then obviously you have direct influence and hard influence. But often it's the influence around the edges that can really make a difference. Um, and that could be through relationships. It could be through being a subject matter expert. It could be having great presence. Um, it could be through being a brilliant storyteller and moving hearts and minds. So it, it can depend on the person, I think, and depend on the situation. Yeah, I'd agree with that completely. I think that emotional piece, I think if you can understand people, if you know what triggers their emotions, what makes them tick, um, you can ultimately influence them. And therefore, it makes your position as a leader much easier because they will come with you. Yeah, I agree too. I think um, having the ability to get people to go on a journey with you, um, understand where you're coming from, 
enthusiasm um, and just being sort of person that people will look up to to follow. That's really key. And I think, that, like you said, the soft skills. Um, the, if you don't have a position of power, you can still influence people. Some mm. of the some people that you end up really admiring have uh, no standing in the organisation, and yet they do some wonderful things. That's yeah. where the magic can happen, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that influence that comes from the the authority piece only goes so far. Mm. It works in certain situations, it works for a certain period of time, but absolutely the building the relationships, the emotional piece makes better progress, I think, in the long run. So if, if we've identified influence, what, how would you describe standing out? Matt? Well, standing out, <laughs> it can be many things. It could be a positive or a negative thing. Um, if we were standing out for a positive reason, let's say, it could be that we're doing things differently that maybe people wish they were doing. Maybe they like what's happening and it's not. And so standing out that way in a way you're approaching something, um, obviously that can lead to influence, but being different and doing something um, in a positive way can lead to that. Obviously the opposite is true. If you can stand out because you're doing something negatively mm. or that affects people and you'll be known for that also, um, and I think <laughs> when we're coaching people, they may not always notice that that's what's happening for them. Yeah, agreed. And I also think about standing out in, in the sense of it could be a business, um, it could be a product and it's differentiation from your peer set in a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, and also in, from an individual perspective, you can stand out from your peer group within your organisation. Um, and what's the reason for that? It could be because you're a bit of an outlier. It could be because you run slightly countercultural to the prevailing culture within the organization and any of these things can be good things or bad things it depends on the context um, and figuring out if standing out in this situation is a good thing and if so how can you then achieve it or is standing out a negative thing and do you want to dial down and and be a bit more like everybody else you know it depends yeah absolutely um i think some of the traits you talked about there, the positive ones, the ones that people tend to look for, you know, the, the, perhaps the confidence or the expertise, um, those kinds of things. Those traits are also the things that allow you to influence often. So if you're good at those things and you stand out because of those things, you may well be better at influencing. I think it's a common theme. Yeah, I think there's something else about um, putting your own mask on and helping, showing the change that you want to see and helping people see that you're part of the change as well rather than just talk and also um thinking of you do what you say you're going to do <laughs> like, yeah, definitely. like mm -hmm. if i say i'm going to do something and then it happens people get confident so i could stand out for that and i and i'd probably be influencing people if if that's something they're interested in mm. i've also um i've come across um an american sort of coach thinker leader called Dory Clark and she has some really good resources around um, becoming a thought leader um, and understanding where you sit versus your environment and your context and then finding a very specific niche for yourself and so what's that point of differentiation you know if everybody else is saying x and you said y or z or z you know what what might that look like and how might that serve you and it's actually a really practical kind of tool that you can mm. use if you're looking to differentiate yourself from a sea of sameness, whether it's in your own company or external that's to your company. That's right. like something that would work both inside and outside the organisation. Yeah. 
do, do you think influence or standing out is really just a different way of describing gravitas? Um, I think the gravitas piece is more about the weight that you bring, the presence that you have. So I think it's perhaps complementary. I think there are some, again, there's some sort of core traits running through the influence piece, the standing out piece, the gravitas piece, but I don't think that they are essentially the same thing. Yeah, I would agree with that, Roz. I, I almost see them as like Venn diagrams. So there's an area of yeah, overlap yeah. where they can be very similar. Um, I think for me, gravitas, there's also this sort of statespersonship around this. I don't even know that's a word, but around the, the notion of gravitas and experience. You know, you've lived a couple of lives. You've been around the block. You can kind of see how things might play out when you talk, people listen. Um, so, you know, I think you can be an influencer. Like if you think about all the influencers on social media at the moment and have zero gravitas and that's OK, because if your role is to be an influencer um, and then that's what you want to achieve. Yeah. Um, whereas I think you could also have a lot of gravitas and not necessarily stand out. You could be one of these people that says nothing throughout the whole you know, term of a meeting and then literally you're summed up at the end. You bring everything together and you mention the five things that everyone's got to do. And it's like, wow, you know. So, yeah, and I think then building on that, it's then about people talking about that. <laughs> it almost extends it further, doesn't it? It's like uh, when you hear about something, you, the influence starts becoming is people are talking about how great that thing was or how great that person did that thing. And then it also starts growing itself. And almost mm-hmm. don't have to be doing influence anymore because it's starting to take get its own legs. Like a multiplier effect yeah. or that kind of echo, yeah. So how has building influence or standing out helped your clients? Have you got some simple examples of how that's worked? I have a a client who was, um, I guess, maybe stood out. He was a young leader, um, Ivy League, Oxbridge educated, MBA, like on paper, absolutely stunningly capable guy. Um, went into a role um, and was one of the youngest in the team. And so he kind of stood out because he was the youngest in the team. And also he had a reputation for being the data cruncher and then the minutiae and always answering questions about data. And he really wanted to try and reposition himself um, to be an influencer, to have influence um, and to establish presence. You know, your word, I love that word for gravitas presence. Um, And so we talked about ways that he might do that and also perhaps why wasn't that happening at the moment Um, and one of the interesting things that came up is that um, he was very conflict averse so whenever someone challenged him and it was a very challenging culture he almost felt like it was attack on himself as opposed to challenging the intellectual idea or the notion of the concept and so really separating those two things and taking him back to an academic environment where people challenge and debate all the time time and defend their ideas and promote other ideas so almost supplanting the conflict notion with the academic debate enabled him to flourish more in those group dynamics and those team situations where he didn't get defensive and it was more and really engaged with it and brought energy Mm -hmm. Um, and then we also talked about some techniques about the, the standing out piece around perhaps getting known beyond your specific business unit um, and taking on some cross-functional, cross-business projects where he developed a reputation beyond just his mm-hmm. normal business. 
Um, and and it it worked. I mean, over the years, he's progressed and and sort of feels a lot more comfortable with that role. So a couple of things coming into play there. How did he feel out of curiosity? Would he have addressed somebody else and thought it was a personal attack on them? And, not no, at so all. Not way. at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and I think um, I think at the heart of it, there was a bit of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, even though he had all these amazing. <laughs> Um, so postgraduate, yeah. graduate, postgraduate qualifications. When you're suddenly surrounded by all these other insanely mm. smart people, you 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 inevitably, to a degree, start doubting yourself. Yeah. yeah. And then the the other thing that that came to mind for him as well was that because everybody's uh, he's the data guy, um, people don't think about him as the big picture guy. And another thing with I think influence and gravitas mm-hmm. is is macro as opposed to micro. And so pivoting a little bit from mm-hmm. answering questions about data to posing broader questions about the business also mm. helped the perception. Or showing perhaps how that fits into the bigger picture that you understand yeah. outside your realm almost. Mm. Yeah. I often work with agile coaches and their role is to be a servant leader for the for the IT teams that they're working with. Um, unfortunately, when they get brought in, um, the teams aren't on board with that and they're sort of like go and do sort of thing. And they have to spend a lot of time building their own gravitas and their own influence to say there's a different way of working and it's not going you will work like this it's about helping them do small things that demonstrate benefits bringing them along the journey help them feel part of it iterate with them understand the problems and so helping coaching someone who is hitting a brick wall with a team Mm -hmm. is all about them helping them step back a bit and finding some quick wins to help the team actually start to understand why they're doing it and not feel like it's imposed on them. Mm-hmm. But it's a very strange dynamic with servant leadership that you're not in control, <laughs> but ultimate influence because people want to work with you because you're allowing them to do things that maybe they couldn't do before. Mm. That's really interesting, isn't it? Taking the command and control out yeah. of it and the direct reporting line out of it and yeah. still having that influence and yeah. being accountable, I guess, for the results as well, which is yeah. tough. Yeah, it's a strange dynamic when you haven't, you, you've literally got to help everyone change course without doing anything <laughs> in the same way. Well, thanks, guys. This is the kind of subject that we could talk about for quite a long time, but we are now at the end of our time for this edition of the Coaching Conversation. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Ros. Thank you. and. Goodbye. Thanks very much, Graham. Thank you. Bye. So, there you have it. The latest edition of the Coaching Conversation. I hope you found it interesting. I hope you found it useful. You can find out more about our coaching programmes at theexecutivemindset.co.uk. If you want to reach out, you can send me an email at theexecutivemindset at sagegreen.com. You can book a free 30-minute session at theexecutivemindset.co.uk, which will give you a really good feel for how coaching could help you. And if you've really enjoyed the session, do please rate us, do please give us a review. And nothing more for me to say other than see you next time.